Welcome to the heartbeat. I know I haven't posted a normal podcast episode in a while. Been doing real love stories the past few weeks, which has been amazing. And I'm getting tons of positive reviews on that. So I just want to say thank you. And also a lot of just general messages saying that you've been listening to the podcast and that's really been helping you out. Like that stuff keeps me going, guys. All I see is a number of how many people listen to the podcast. I don't get like you know, <laughs> so keep those messages up. It really means a lot for me to keep going with this podcast because, you know, my attention is being pulled in other directions. There's other projects that I'm working on and other things that I'm creating and doing. And, um, it just means a lot that this podcast is still a cornerstone to the brand that is the heart guide. It's what I started with. And I know I've been inconsistent the past few months, but it's my intention to keep this thing rolling. And I just wanted to let you know, put it out there. And this episode is with my good friend, Susie. She's got an absolutely incredible story. Just so motivational, inspirational, and like, we talk about real shit. (laughs) Just straight up. Stuff that really matters. It's a very potent and powerful conversation. So I'm super excited to be presenting this to you. And all of her links are going to be in the show notes down below. Um... And yeah, I hope you guys had an amazing Halloween as we go into the fall over here in America and this side of the hemisphere of the world. Um, I just wish that you guys, I hope that you're doing well. Wish you well wishes. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for following. Thank you for the love and support. And without further ado, you're listening to The Heartbeat. on your heart to talk about today? Well, first of all, just gratitude for life. Um, I've been really sitting in the awareness this week of how we have the power to choose how we experience our life. You know, Mm -hmm. and for me, so much of my journey has been choosing to live from my heart and most recently choosing to live from the depths of my heart, which Mm. is like a subtle shift that I've been making, but um, like moving from the top of my heart to like the center of my heart, which is like stillness and infinite, infinite potential. And then the depths of my heart, which is like deep truth and possibility and all that this life has to offer when we connect with gratitude. So I'm feeling a lot of gratitude this week and just in general and especially grateful to be connecting with you. Yeah. (laughs) I I love that so much. And I think going on what you first mentioned of like that our experience of life is our choice. I experienced that shift really this year for like the first time, even though it's something I've always known was dealing with a lot of anxiety. And um, last year I was, or earlier this year, I was able to actually like in a panic attack or in while I was dealing with some anxiety, I stopped myself and was like, wait a second, this is just my body. Like, I don't have to follow this narrative of my story in my head of what's going on. And the second that I did that, it kind of went away. And I was like, whoa, like I, I, that was the first time I viscerally felt that I could actually change how I feel. yes yes like our mind tells us these things but in reality nothing 
nothing is innately bad or innately good. It's just the right. meaning we attach to it. So like our mind <laughs> will start to go crazy over things. And I think, I think that's why I'm feeling this way and really reflecting on this a lot this week, because it's a crazy time right now. And a lot of people yeah. are really struggling and really suffering and really caught up in that fear that the mind can bring us into and feeling the anxiety and the overwhelm and the panic. But just as you experience, it's like, you can literally pause and say, I'm going to choose to have a different experience and detach from mm -hmm. that one you're having and cultivate something else. I think a lot of people try to like make a shift instead of subtly letting go, which I think, you know, striving for different can almost keep you stuck. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Speak more about that. Well, like, especially people with say they're dealing with depression or they're really suffering right now, they really just want to f freaking feel good. And so the striving mm -hmm. to feel good creates just that a striving, which is the opposite of peace and happiness because you're coming at it from a place of lack. And so that's the thing that's actually keeping you from just chilling and feeling good. It's yeah. like a very subtle letting go versus a, Oh, I have to do all these things and strive and achieve. So I can finally break free of this depression versus just yeah. kind of like a subtle shift of like, I actually just going to drop this and I'm going to walk over there. <laughs> yes. Like, no, that's so beautifully said. And it is, it's like accepting that there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your mm -hmm. experience. Even if in this moment, your experience is kind of not great, you know, kind right. of being in a state of depression, kind of being, uncomfortable or sad like that's okay it's normal I think a lot of people that I encounter who are on a path of healing can get into a lot of self-judgment and I myself you know like there have been mm -hmm. times where I'm like why do I feel sad what's wrong with me like I'm doing all this work why am I not happy and it's like oh <laughs> part of the human experience is gonna feel sad like we're gonna have mm -hmm. energy moving through us like emotions are energy in motion and so to be yep. like okay in this moment I feel sad but then the shift that we're talking about is not to cling to that sadness depression grief anger whatever is coming up and say there's something wrong but like oh I see this I'm going to detach from it and choose to be in acceptance mm -hmm. I think there was uh, what was the there was a quote that I heard recently of like your capacity to feel happiness is directly related to your capacity to feel grief. Yeah. Oh, which that's is, good. It's, I, I used to explain it this way of like, think of like a circle and most people want to experience just one half of the circle, which is like all the good quote unquote positive emotions. But you have, they, instead of making it like a D shape, which you can't, you can either just contract your circle or expand it. And so you either experience more of everything or like less of nothing, I feel, um, or less yeah. of everything and just more of nothing. And, uh, people, that's how people kind of get numb or just robotic and heady. Totally. Totally. Avoiding those, those feelings when, but I think it comes from like a judgment of a, it's a good or bad emotion or it's okay for me to feel this or it's not okay for me to feel this. Right. 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 But life really is, it's not just about the joys. It's not just about being like joyful, joyful, <laughs> joyful, happy, success, right. win. Like the challenges are what makes life, what makes life so rich. Mm -hmm. They invite us to grow. They give us that 
contrast. You know, we do, we have to experience both in order to recognize, honor, and accept our wholeness. Totally. And I know just a brief little bit about your story, but I would love to hear your story. Yeah, this is a big part of my story. I mean, for me, like, I've always been the kind of person who is smiling and sunshiny. Um, but on the inside, it wasn't always the case. And mm -hmm. a lot of my journey was sort of suppressing those uncomfortable emotions, judging myself for feeling the way that I felt. Uh, I began losing my hair when I was seven years old, which Whoa. I think, yeah, largely, actually, as we're talking about it, like, I think largely had a lot to do with the fact that when I was little, I went through um, sort of a, a, an experience of rejection and abandonment from my two best friends. And I don't think I knew what to do with those feelings. And I became very afraid. And when I look back at the timeline, like it was around that same time that I went through that lowercase t trauma, but still a trauma as a child of loss. And mm -hmm. um, then my hair started to fall out. And I started to experience a lot of self-judgment. It was not like I lost all my hair. It was like these little bald spots. So a bald spot here, bald spot there. And, you know, it would fall out and it would grow back. But it was something that I constantly thought about. And I wanted to figure out what was wrong with me. I mean, my mom took me to so many doctors, so many healers trying to figure out why my hair was falling out, what was wrong. And I was so afraid that anyone would find out. Because, you know, as a as a woman at that point, as a little girl, hair can be such a big mm. part of our identity. Mm -hmm. And I truly thought there was something wrong with me. And in my head, I would constantly be worrying and fretting and feeling these, you know, uncomfortable feelings and experiencing <laughs> anxious thoughts. And on the outside, I did not want anyone to know. I didn't want anyone to know that my hair was falling out. I didn't want anyone to know that anything was quote unquote wrong with me. So I put on this smile and it led to such a disconnection from myself. And it led to a lot of suffering mm -hmm. uh, where then when I was in my teens and twenties, my solution became alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, drink like people, like kids do, you know, go to high school parties and drink right. and college. I was very much involved in the fraternity scene, but the way that I drank alcohol was never just like to have a beer or to drink some wine. It was very much to turn off my mind and mm. to stop feeling so pent up with these emotions. And so I would get drunk and I would black out and I wouldn't remember what I said. I wouldn't remember what I did. And a lot of times I would become very emotional. I would say things that I would never have said if I was sober. And I would mm. wake up the next morning feeling a lot of shame, a lot of shame. And it became like my, my way of being, mm -hmm. you know, to, use substances to quiet my mind to get outside of the suffering I was experiencing to release the energy and then do it all over again the next day and you know I got into my 20s and it was very clear at a certain point that this coping mechanism that I had turned to 
didn't work. Mm -hmm. I, you know, wasn't just blacking out. I started, I, I had started taking anxiety medication, prescription medications, and the combination of prescription pills and alcohol led me to, you know, start waking up in the hospital. And it started mm. to get really, really serious. I was living in New York City. And wow. Yeah, it, it was just a recipe for something really scary to happen. And so I said, okay, I shouldn't be drinking alcohol anymore. So I tried to stop and I couldn't. I literally couldn't because my life as I knew it was so centered around that. And I didn't know how to interact with people socially without drinking because my mind was so loud and I had so much self-judgment and I didn't know how to fully express myself and what was in my heart without that as a tool. Mm -hmm. And so I just, you know, became more and more anxious. I became quite depressed. I gained a lot of weight. I was barely taking care of myself and yet on the outside still had that smile on and I had a great job in New York City I was you know had a corporate job I was doing luxury lifestyle management at the plaza and doing all these fabulous things and having all these fabulous experiences but it, on the inside I was really 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 unhappy and really lost and it got to the point where I just didn't want to live anymore um, mm. every excuse that I had, it didn't stand, you know, this was in 2015. So about five years ago, I yeah. had been in a, in a romantic relationship for 11 years with someone who it was codependent. It was addictive. We drank and used together. Um, I knew that I would be able to make the changes I needed to make while I was in that relationship. So I ended it and I still couldn't make the changes. I was so stuck, you know? And I finally got to the point where I said, yeah, I can't do this. And I, I almost took my own life. And miraculously, I did not succeed in doing that. But when I woke up the next morning, amidst the <laughs> incredible physical pain I was experiencing, um, there was this new light within me and this new sense of hope and this voice in my mind that was saying, Susie, wake up and live, wake up and live. There is another way you can choose to have a new experience. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out for help. And for the first time, I really took it. Like I had been going yeah. to therapy. I had been doing IOP programs and things like that, but I still wanted to do things my own way. And at that point I was like, okay, I'm taking time off work. I'm going to give myself a cocoon to heal. I'm going to look at every single area of my life and say what aligns and what doesn't. And at that point, like, I didn't even know what aligned meant. I didn't know, like, I didn't have that language. <laughs> so I was thinking yeah. like, what aligns. I was literally just like, my life isn't working. Help. I will do whatever it takes to change. And for the first time I was willing, you know, I was yeah. willing to say like, you know, maybe nightclubs aren't where I should be hanging out right now. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should take some space from certain friends of mine until I get clear on what friendship really means with myself. Um, yeah. And that's how everything opened up, you know, and I got sober and I ended up moving to California I ended up leaving my job. I ended up starting my own business. I ended up really diving into some deep healing work, practicing yoga, meditation, learning the art of sound healing, starting to share it, becoming a Reiki master, sharing it, 
teaching yoga and ultimately through giving myself that time and space to have a new experience without expectations, without, you know, without, without any, you know, plan of what I was doing. I just kept following like what feels right in my heart, what feels like it's mm-hmm. filling me up, what feels like it's connecting to me, to me, to myself. Um, everything started to change. And mm-hmm. I had this awareness, you know, of all these years of suffering, of all these years of struggling and all these years of trying to escape and figure out what was wrong with me. What if nothing was ever wrong with me? What if all of it had to happen exactly the way that it did? And what if I'm already perfect and whole and complete? And at that point, when I came to that realization, which was a couple of years ago, I was still losing my hair. Like I was still struggling. And at that point I was wearing a wig and keeping this secret more than ever that I was experiencing hair loss. And I finally said, I, you know, I don't want to live as a prisoner anymore. And I shaved my head and stopped wearing a wig and (laughs) really fully stepped into who I am. And it has been Mm -hmm. the most incredibly liberating experience to just get to be in my wholeness and to cry Mm -hmm. when I need to cry, to scream when I need to scream, to feel whatever's coming up. And if I don't feel like having a smile on my face, I don't have to put it on. Um, And in doing that, most days now I am smiling. And when I am smiling, (laughs) you know, I'm smiling on the inside and the outside. So Mm -hmm. it's again, one of those subtle shifts where it's like, it all has to come from within. And I had been having this outside in approach to life. Like, what do I need to look like? What does life need to be like on the outside in order for me to be happy? And by making that shift to the inside out approach of like, what is true for me in my heart? What is real when I'm in my wholeness? Everything opened up and I gained this sense of freedom. That's incredible. So incredible. I just want to admire you, your soul for going through that and just coming out on the other side. I've been through some, some similar things, but everybody's story is unique. Um, yeah. I just want to say like with where you're at now, I think one of the bigger shifts that you made was like that there's nothing wrong. And I think especially with people that are doing healing work or recovering from anything really that there is this like looming something's wrong with me i have to fix the things and then to where i'll finally be okay and you know i dealt with that too what was the the shift what like happened what clicked for you to actually make that shift so it's a cool story actually i i was searching i really was searching as i just told you that whole journey and yeah. One of the books that had really inspired me and what, someone who is has been a big inspiration to me is Caroline Miss. She wrote a book called The Anatomy of the Spirit, and she's one of the best medical intuitives in the world. And when I read her book, mm. I was like, this woman could tell me what's wrong with me. <laughs> she can, <laughs> She can figure it out. She can get to the root. You know, what trauma do I need to heal? What energy do I need to clear? What diet do I need to eat? She's going to be able to guide me there. So I saw that she was doing a workshop in San Diego a couple years ago and it was expensive. It was the most money I'd ever invested in myself in that way. Mm -hmm. um, Other than going to rehab. And I said, I just, I need to be there. So I booked it. I went down to San Diego and I waited for my chance to get to speak to her. And on the first day at the lunch break, 
I got in the elevator and she got in with me and I was like, perfect. <laughs> so I, I bombarded her and I told her in, you know, elevator time, my elevator pitch of all the things that were wrong with me and my hair has been falling out. And why do you think this is happening? What do I need to do? What's the deeper meaning behind this experience of alopecia that I'm having? And she just looked at me and she read me, you know, energetically and I could feel her taking me in. And she said, ah, I don't know. She said, come, come, come back to see me tomorrow. So I was like, okay. So <laughs> I went, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> so uh, yeah. The next day I like waited, you know, waited until my moment where I could find her again. And, you know, we went on a break and I went up to her and I'm like, Caroline, Caroline, okay. What is it? Tell me, what is it? And again, she's like, you know what? I come see me tomorrow. So same thing. I went back to her. It was the final day of this three-day workshop. Everyone's wrapping up. Every it's all ending. And I go to her and I said one more time, Caroline, please. Like I'm I'm here. Like, what's wrong? And she said, email me. <laughs> oh my God. And so, I mean, I emailed her and she never wrote me back. But um, what I took away from that weekend, I had a couple of other experiences that impacted me really deeply. So one of the things that she spoke about during the weekend is, you know, who are we to think that we know better than God? Mm. Nothing that happens in this world is by mistake or by accident. And it's sort mm -hmm. of like I was saying before, you know, nothing is innately bad or innately good. It's just the meaning we attach to it. So I have right. attached, I had attached this meaning to me losing my hair, that something's wrong with me. And who am I to think that I know better than God, spirit, source, love, love is my higher power, but God is the word that she mm -hmm. used. Um, who am I to think that me not having hair is wrong, is a mistake. Like at that point I had done mm. everything, Kevin. I was so healthy. I had, you know, lost the weight I gained from addiction. I'd been sober. I meditate every day, practicing yoga, like go to a doctor. Everything's totally fine. Yeah. My hair's gone. So who am I to think that something's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And it just clicked. It was like, nothing's wrong with me. This <laughs> is just the way that I'm meant to be. This is my journey. And this experience mm -hmm. that I've had of alopecia has been the greatest teacher I ever could have possibly asked for or not asked for to teach me about love and acceptance mm -hmm. and the nature of the universe. And a really crazy thing happened. So I got home from that workshop and the next day I had a photo shoot on the beach with my crystal bowls. Mm -hmm. And when I went to take the crystal bowls out for the photo shoot, I unpacked them one by one. And when I got to the bottom bowl, which was the biggest bowl and one of the first bowls that I ever got and sort of the bowl that like carries the sound bath that I create. So since I became a mm -hmm. sound healer, it was like my favorite bowl. It's a bowl that is tuned for, it's between the third eye and crown chakra. So it's all about, you know, intuition and wisdom and higher consciousness, being connected to a sense of oneness and who you really are. And it's infused with an alchemy called Egyptian blue, which brings in the energy of unconditional love and truth and mm -hmm. ancient wisdom. And when mm -hmm. I got to that bowl to take it out, it was completely cracked. Whoa. And I was like, 
and I'd never had a crystal bowl break before. These that, that bowls are very expensive, <laughs> like thousands of dollars. And I was like, oh my god! But it wasn't broken to the extent where I couldn't still use it for the photo shoot. So I did the photo right. shoot, held it together, and then after the shoot, I called my my mentor and I told her. I said, oh my gosh, darling, my crystal bowl broke. I burst into tears. I started crying. I was like, it feels like my heart just broke. And she said to me, she said, Susie, something big has shifted. She said, crystal bowls don't just break. When a crystal bowl breaks, mm. it represents that it's taken a hit for you, that something really big has healed or shifted or cleared. I'm going to cry saying this. Mm. And she said, Susie, what's going on with you? And I told her, I said, Geraldine, something's wrong with me. I said, for the first time in my life, mm. I, I accept myself and I know that nothing's wrong. Uh, wow. Yeah. And that was it. And when a bull breaks, sometimes if you're lucky, they can be fixed. So mm -hmm. I sent the bull back to be repaired and we did for months and months. And during those months, I had to play different bulls. You know, that bull had been carrying the song that I'd been playing in my sound bass, the song that I'd been sharing and singing. And I had to use a different bowl and I had to sing a new song just as I, mm -hmm. when that shifted, started to tell a new story, you know, my story mm -hmm. shifted. And after months and months, it still had been repaired and we called the company and, and said, is it ever coming back? And they said, we can't fix it. It's broken beyond repair. And we literally begged them. We were like, please fix wow. that bowl. We need it. It's such an important bowl. It's so significant. If there's anything you can do. And they said, we'll try again. And they did. And they found a way to fix it. And wow. when the bowl was returned to me, it had changed tuning. So when it when I originally had it, it was tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, which is the frequency of nature. It's very grounding. It's the frequency that babies vibrate at when they're born. It's a very healing frequency. And when it came back, it now is tuned to 528 hertz, which is the frequency of DNA repair, total healing, and unconditional love. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. I can't make that shit up. That's that's no. wild. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was, a. I mean, just life is amazing. And that's, mm. I mean, that's why when you ask me in the beginning, like, what's in my heart? It's gratitude. Like, I could have chosen to view all of those experiences in such a different way. I could have chosen to say, like, Caroline couldn't tell me what's wrong with me. My crystal bowl broke. Life is horrible. Like, <laughs> and instead... I choose to say, you know, in life, things happen. In life, we go through mm -hmm. these experiences that can be very painful and can be disappointing and can be incredibly challenging. And yet, mm -hmm. if I approach life from a place of trust and open-mindedness and open-heartedness, I can see that everything is always working out in my favor. It's all mm -hmm. working out and it's all guiding me towards a deeper experience of love. Always. Always. And it's, it's, yeah, it's so hard to see that or make that shift to see that too, I feel, for a lot of people. But especially when you look back at your past and you kind of connect the dots and see, 
oh, well, all of this happened for me, and it was actually so that all of these amazing shifts could happen. I mean, just hearing mm-hmm. in your story, like, that's why you're in such a grateful, amazing, happy space that you are now is because of all the things that happened. Yeah. 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 And so as things continue to come up, I do my best to remember that, you know, like mm-hmm. this year has been, I mean, we don't even need to talk about how weird <laughs> it's, it's and strange 2020 yeah. has been. Yeah, it's, it's been a year. There's been lots of opportunities to practice that, but that's yeah. it. You know, it's like now when things happen that I'm like, what, what, how is this <laughs> happening? This is not the way I want life to be. Um, I actually, you know, I'll take a step back and I'll be like, okay, there's grace here. There's grace. I'm just going to open myself to that grace. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, and allow that love to come through. That's amazing. And so how has that impacted your business? Cause I know that you, like you said, you started the business as a lot of these things were shifting. It's impacted my business incredibly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's allowed me. Oh my gosh. I mean, first of all, my business is an extension of myself. And so the more that mm-hmm. I can be in my wholeness, the more I'm going to be able to support other people and, and having feeling permission to be in their wholeness, you know, because that's, mm-hmm. that's what we all need. So the more that I can be really real and continue to come back to that space of like vulnerability and what's true for me and giving myself permission to be human, um, whether that means, you know, sharing the truth of my heart in Instagram or in a client session or in my writing or mm-hmm. in what I'm creating, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's so important. It's always so important for me to stay really grounded and present and true in the work that I share. Um, it's also, I mean, this year been incredibly powerful in that I'm a sound healer <laughs> and <laughs> my business was really, you know, all about sharing in-person sound healing experiences. And I would travel around the world doing it. Mm-hmm. And in this year where everything, you know, has gone virtual, um, that presented an opportunity for me to shift and for me to grow. And actually I was in many ways prepared for it because of this mindset and something that had happened a couple of years before. So Mm-hmm. Two years ago, I had a sound bath, an in-person sound bath scheduled on the beach, as I do. I'm that's sort of my thing is beach sound baths, and it was supposed to be for eleven eleven, um, mm-hmm. an angel activation sound bath on the beach. And that year was the year that there was really bad fires in Malibu. And as the sound mm-hmm. bath was approaching, it was becoming more and more evident that doing an outdoor sound bath was not a good idea. Everyone was like on lockdown because of the smoke. And, you know, I had a lot of people signed up. I didn't want to disappoint them. I wasn't sure what to do. It was a bit last minute for me to find a space and something within me just said, Susie, take this virtual. And at that point, there wasn't really anyone doing live virtual sound baths. And I got on Zoom and I shared the sound bath on Zoom. And as I announced that, well, before before I shared it on Zoom, you know, I announced to the people who had signed up, there's a shift. We can't mm-hmm. do it in person. Uh, let me know if you want a refund. I'm happy to give you a refund. I realized that it's different than what you expected. And a couple people wanted a refund. So that was fine. And then as the sound bath approached, people started to sign up, 
more and more people. And the sound wow. bath ended up having probably four times as many people join as Whoa. there would have been if it had been in person. And, you know, that's just an example of how, you know, I could have said, boo, there's smoke. This is horrible. Not fair. Poor me. I'm a victim. <laughs> I don't get to have my sound <laughs> right. bath now. Or I could say like, okay, life, what are you asking me to do? And life was asking me to reach a wider audience. And people from mm -hmm. all over the world got to experience a sound bath that day. And so this year, as we moved into 2020, I was able to go back into that space and say, okay, you know, maybe I'm not going to be going to China or going back to India or Costa Rica this year, but I am going to be able to reach people from those places and from all over the world and create experiences online that can help people to heal the incredible anxiety and stress and just insanity that we're all being invited to face this year. And so right. I've gotten to do that and share healing experiences online. And it's been, it's been amazing. That's incredible. And I love that you got to experience that before the blindsidedness of 2020, <laughs> you know, yeah, like you, and because you were like, Oh that, yeah. Okay, cool. It's this. <laughs> yeah. And that's another really cool thing that happened because of that. Like I was already ready to do virtual sound baths. I was already, right. you know, I had microphones. I was already dialed into what settings you need to do on zoom. So one of the things <laughs> that I did early in COVID was I created a webinar for other sound healers to teach them how they could create the experience online as well, because creating a sound bath online it's not as simple as you would think. <laughs> I can imagine. And so that was another shift that I got to make this year. I'd been hearing in my mind, like teacher of teacher, healer of healers. Mm -hmm. I got to really step into the role of not just supporting people in healing, but also supporting people who are sharing this healing. So mm -hmm. that felt really, really good. And it was another blessing. That's beautiful. I love it so much. And I know you've got some other amazing stuff coming down the pipeline. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, to wrap up 2020, I am offering a program that has been in my heart for a long time and it's coming to fruition in the way, in a way that I'm so excited about. I'm going to be offering a seven week program for breakthrough and transformation and healing that begins on 11, 11. So that's a special date for me <laughs> in, in, the, in the history of my business. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a program where people can come together in community on a weekly basis, on a call and on a daily basis online and learn tools to help them break free of anxiety, to move away from addiction and codependency and and get really, really clear on who they are and what the truth mm -hmm. in their heart is and, and what it what it would take for them to create a life that feels joyful and abundant and calm and peaceful and free. So it's going to be lots of tools like meditations and yogic practices, experiences of sound baths and um, journaling prompts, mantras, things like that to really support people on a daily basis and creating the shifts that 2020 may be inviting them to make. And they're not just <laughs> not sure how yet, but setting the stage so that the things that 2020 has asked us to let go of so that we can step mm -hmm. into you know our true self and our heart space as we create our lives um i'm going to be offering all of that so 
That's that'll end on so December thirtieth, right before twenty twenty one. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And where can people find out more about you and kind of be on the lookout for your course? Yes. Um people can connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram is the copper vessel. And my website is also www.thecoppervessel.com. And the information about this program is on there. And it will also be on my Instagram. Um, if people are listening to this um, this week, I do have also a gift that I'm offering on November 4th. It's a live healing gift, very special sound bath that I'll be sharing. Um, and the information to sign up for that is also on my Instagram and my website and if you're listening to this right now and you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling anxious, overwhelmed, broken, all of those things that many people are feeling right now, um, please, please join me and receive this gift that I'd love to share with you um, on Wednesday, the 4th at five o'clock. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much for just being and sharing all that you shared on <laughs> this podcast i'm so grateful to call you a friend and that we actually got to meet up because we for everybody listening we knew each other for a while but we didn't actually like ever meet up <laughs> and we had to recently so i just want to say thank you uh for everything oh my gosh my pleasure and thank you for all that you share kevin it's so so important and you have touched my heart you've touched my life and i just feel so much gratitude for you thank you for being you and for having me on here today you're so welcome for everybody tuning in all of the links will be down below in the show notes and as always put some heart into everything that you do today <laughs>